Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. so expectant of what God is going to do in this place this morning. So whether you're with us in person at Kentucky Trail or joining us online, go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's worship God together this morning.
good is it to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, this next song is called Waymaker. And how many of you are happy that we serve a God that makes a way when there seems to be no way? Amen. So I want to encourage you guys this morning, whether you're in that season right now where you're not sure what's next for you or what door is going to be opening next, just know that his word says that he does all things for our good. So I want to encourage you guys to lift your voices this morning, lift your hands, and let's just praise together as we invite his presence into this place.
trust you. Even in the chaos and the craziness of life, Father, we trust you. God, we know that you are good. Calmed and 
distraction, everything in our lives that just keep us from focusing on you, God. Help us to put our trust in you today and just rejoice in the fact that you make all things well. God, just change our lives today. God, just speak something into us today and may it all be for your glory. And everyone here in the room, we say together in Jesus' name, amen. What's going on, Real Life Church? How you doing today? Man, it's Sunday. Felt like we were just here a few days ago. We're back. We're rejoicing together. I love worshiping with you. Before we do anything else, though, let's give it up big for a really special group of people called Real Life Church Online. Let them hear you this morning. Man, we're just so pumped that you're worshiping with us wherever you are. I want you to check for some links in the comments today. I want you to interact with us, throw up those likes and those hearts, and we are honored to worship with you. And hey, I'm pumped if you're here with us in the room today. Welcome. It's going to be a great morning. Go ahead and have a seat. We are just excited to be here today. I know God's got something big for you today, and I just want to welcome anyone that's brand new to Real Life Church right now. Like I said before, if you're online, click the link that you're seeing right now. And if you're brand new in the room today, again, welcome. And I want you to get your phone out and text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will just reach out to you this week completely digitally. Just want to check in on you, see how your week's going, see how we could be praying for you and answer any questions you might have about Real Life Church. It'd be our honor to reach out to you this week. So go ahead and text that number. And if you're brand new in the room and you haven't yet, don't leave here without stopping by our new here booth. We have a small gift for you, just our way of saying thanks for being here with us today at Real Life Church. Real Life Church is a church on a mission. That mission goes way beyond what you see here at Kentucky Trail. Real Life Church exists Monday through Saturday, I guess, and Sunday too, right? But we exist, there's some days in there. Uh, but seriously, we exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And that's why I say it's more beyond Sunday, right? It's, it's really what happens when we leave this building and go out into our community. So I just want to encourage you, if, if you're looking for a church to put some roots down in, and if you want to join us on mission, we would just love to worship with you and serve with you as we just do what we can to reach our country, our community. I can say country because we learned that people at Real Life Church Online, man, they're from all over the world. How nuts is that? That is so cool. But reach our countries, reach our cities, reach our communities, reach our schools. Man, and, and it's not about anything about Real Life Church, right? It's all about Jesus. It's always only Jesus. We're just pumped uh, for you to join us. Think about that. Well, speaking of that, that kind of segues nicely into week two of our brand new series, Infected. Did you leave here contagious last week? It's kind of a loaded question, right? I promise I'm talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus. But no, seriously, guys, though, you know, if we're, if we're Christians, what makes us different from everyone else? What fundamentally sets us apart? Are, are we contagious in our faith? Do the people that we're close to just get pumped up and fired up about Jesus by the way that we interact with them and live their lives? 
I don't know. Let's lean in though, and let's see how we can do that better as we have a very special guest. We have Real Life's own missionary, Jonathan Taylor, all the way from Tennessee. And you know, when he came in this morning, I said, I know you're from Tennessee, but here in Missouri, Johnny, you're the only 10 I see. The only 10 I see. Gentlemen, use that on your wives later. That's a free tip. It sometimes works. But uh, we're going to give it up big and we're going to lean in because Jonathan, seriously, he has an awesome word for us today. And so make him feel welcome as I say, here's Johnny. Make him feel welcome. Come on, man. You're a hoot, Drew. You're a hoot. Yeah. Guys, it is so awesome to be with you this morning. Worship team, I'm a little biased towards uh, worship through music and, and all of those things, but it is way better in person than it is online. Let me just say that. Um, not a knock on you at all, just, man, that was, that was so good. Um, I, I appreciate that so much. And uh, I'm grateful that we serve a God that rejoices in us worshiping him in that way because I love it. Um, but this morning, I'm very excited to continue this series with you. I've never gotten to be a part of a series at a Real Life before. And uh, I was talking to Sean recently. I was like, hey, we need to schedule another time. I need to get back to Kansas City again. Um, I haven't uh, done anything there since, you know, around February. And I would love just to share some new things that are going on. And and really, man, just, you know, continue, if you have a series going on or something, I'd love to jump in and, and share God's word from that and what you got going on. And, and um, then a couple weeks later, I threw out a, a date to him. And I said, hey, what do you think about October 10th? And um, I, I scheduled October 10th because uh, my wife is a, I got a hair right here. That is really weird. Okay. It's just like really bugging me. Okay. Um, I think it's my daughter. She was on the iPad earlier. But um, I scheduled it because I thought my wife was going to be um, working this whole time. She works every other weekend. And when she does that, they make her do six out of seven shifts in a row. And so I was like, oh, then I'm not leaving you on your own. And so I scheduled it. And she's like, uh, honey, actually, that's when I am off. And I was like, oh, okay, great. That means you can come with us. And then we looked some more, and turns out she was on call all weekend, so that didn't even matter. But anyway, I was excited to be able to come and uh, just have a part in this series of infected. And, you know, when we think about being infected, usually that's a really negative thing. Um, but we're looking at this from the perspective of uh, how contagious are you? And that's what Sean talked about last week and that he shared with you. How contagious are you as you go through your life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? How contagious are you? Do people have to mask up when they're around you, right? Um, I, I really enjoyed um, hearing his sermon on that last week. But who wants a football? Football. Who wants it? I want to throw it good, like in the back. Like, oh, there's someone with a Chiefs jersey. Okay, here we go. Oh, man, a little too far. Ah, we can't all be Mahomes. Um, that does not make any sense right now, and you're not going to understand what that's for. It's going to make sense at the end. I'm going to ask for it back in a little bit, so you're going to have to make that throw. Okay? But um, that'll make sense a little bit later on. And uh, my son, uh, I said, hey, can I have that football? I'm going to use it at church. And he's like, you're not cutting it open or something, are you? <laughs> no, don't worry. You'll get it back. Um, but this week, I get to continue this. And it is all about disciples making disciples. And what does that look like every day? 
As we just go through life, believers being different from the world, what does that look like? What does our lifestyle look like? And the scripture that I'm going to be using is from Luke 9, 23, and we'll get to that in a minute. That's going to be our main verse. And the reason actually that I ended up using this verse and came across this again was because I've been watching The Chosen, and um, I was just inspired to reread through the Gospels. And so I have been rereading through the Gospels, and I came to this, and I was like, wow, that is really powerful. And then Sean asked me to continue the series. I was like, that goes great. Has anyone been watching The Chosen? Has anyone watched most of it? Like, it is a really, really good show. It is a really good show. I think there's a life group around here from some weird dude. Um, he's my brother. Uh, but my, my wife and I have been watching this, and, and my kids and stuff, we did it. And, and so I was inspired to get to this. But um, it's a really good show. And my wife was talking about an episode recently, and she's like, man, that one made me cry. I was like, that one? I was like, try all of them. And she goes, well, you're more spiritual than me. I'm like, no. It, just because you cry during The Chosen doesn't make you more spiritual than someone else. Uh, that is not the litmus test. But we're going to talk about disciples making disciples. And it's not just some crash course that you go through um, after you join a church or something like that. It is lifestyle and everything that you do during your life. And I want to tell you guys one thing. Please, please listen to this. Your lifestyle speaks a lot louder than your Christian vocabulary. Your lifestyle speaks a lot louder than your Christian vocabulary. Now, don't get me wrong. It is absolutely necessary that we use our words and share the words of Jesus when we are sharing the gospel. But your lifestyle should back that up. So that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning is what does a Christian's lifestyle look like that is effective in sharing the good news of Jesus. And I have three goals this morning that I want to accomplish. I've been praying for you guys already. Um, I have three things that I want to accomplish through delivering this message. I want you to, one, be encouraged. I want you to, two, be challenged. And if it's needed right now, I want you to three, be convicted. And whatever it is that you need in your life right now, I've been praying that God would do that with you this morning as we are jumping into his word. But before we go any further, uh, let's pray. Lord, I am so grateful, so grateful to be here with real life this morning, to open your word and to share what you have to say about following you about living this life for you. Lord, we're all in this little room right now. Some of us are online right now. And it's not by accident. Would you help us to lean into what your word says and may it encourage us and challenge us and convict us. We thank you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so how this is going to go this morning, I'm going to share some things from God's Word, and then at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond, and you're going to get to do that, all right? So just be ready for that. I am going to ask you to respond. That doesn't mean come up here or anything like that. That just means in your heart, okay? I want you to respond. So when we open God's Word, that's the point anyway. 
So let's look at this verse. Put that verse up there. Luke 9, 23. Luke 9, 23 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So we're going to use this verse for this message this morning. And I'm going to give you two words specifically that describe the lifestyle of a follower of Jesus. Okay, because this verse is a call to salvation. This verse is Jesus when they're they're going around and people are like, I want to follow you, I want to follow you. And Jesus is like, you want to follow me? Thank you. Okay, that's great. Um, But if you want to follow me, that means denying yourself. That means taking up your cross and then following me. So this is a call to salvation, but this is what our lifestyle should look like. So the first word that describes the lifestyle of a disciple that makes disciples is denier denier as it says you want to be my disciple deny deny yourself so a denier of self because as true followers of christ we give up our own way the way that we've wanted to go through life and do things is is done it is about jesus and it is about his way and there's no other way that matters so we are denying ourselves. I'm sure if you've been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you understand by now that just because you um, turn from your sin and you, you receive Christ as your Savior, that that doesn't mean, snap, life is easy. Woohoo! Yes, I landed that good job. I got that nice house. I'm driving the best car. I have a 2011 Ford Fiesta. Um, but if you've been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you understand and know by now that Life does not just get easy all of a sudden because I'm a follower of Jesus. Because um, that's not what Jesus says. And it's actually, this actually makes sense because there's a couple other verses here. Uh, Luke 9.24. Luke 9.24 says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. This don't make sense in our culture. This don't make sense probably in any culture. So to save my life, I have to give up my life? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I look out for me. I look out for number one. What what are you talking about? Give up my life and then I'll save it. It doesn't make sense, God. But that's what he says. And then in Luke 9, 58, Jesus Jesus tells... um, uh, tells his disciples, foxes have dens. Actually, tells people that, again, are going around, all right, Lord, we want to follow you. Okay, great. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. This is really powerful to me. God humbled himself, came down from his throne, took on human form to give up his life for us. He has no place to lay his head. He has work to do. This is not easy stuff. This is hard stuff. Luke 14, 26. Let's look at this one. Luke 14, 26. I don't think I gave this one to them. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, 
yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. What? I thought God said to love everyone. Why is he now telling people that want to follow him that if they want to follow him, they must hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even their own life? What? These words are from uh, Luke, and uh, Luke most likely wrote down just exactly as, as he heard it, as he heard Jesus talking. And this is why it's important to read all of the Gospels, and this is where people start to take things out of context. Because what this verse is talking about is not, hey, start hating people. <laughs> so don't turn to your mother-in-law or whoever and say, see, we're doing really good according to God's word. Okay, because hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. Um, but no, that's not what this is talking about. This is, this is your love for God is so big that anything else pales in comparison. And this is why it's important to look at other gospels too, because in Matthew, Matthew most likely wrote down exactly what Jesus meant. And it's cool that we have these different authors that were following Jesus around and recording these things. But Matthew wrote, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Our love for God is so big that everything else pales in comparison to it. But following Jesus, guys, following Jesus is not all Royals and Chiefs championships. <laughs> it's not all butterflies and unicorns, although I don't really know why anyone would want that. Uh, but it's, it's a very tough thing to do. And, and following Jesus is forgetting everything that I ever thought that I knew about living this life and making it and being successful and instead doing what the Lord says that we should do and how we should live our life. And this verse that we're looking at, he says, you want to be my follower? Deny yourself. You are a denier of yourself. It, your way is done. The New Living Translation says, you give up your own way. That's what denying yourself is. It is not your way. It is Jesus's way. And you know what, guys? I'm not always good at this. Believe it or not. No, you, yeah. I'm sure you're convinced. I'm not always good at this. In fact, before joining this ministry that we're with, uh, Live Global, um, before joining this ministry, uh, I was I was trying to I was kind of stepping out of ministry. I've been in in ministry as a job. Excuse me. I've been in ministry for man since 2011, and before that, serving in local church like crazy. But I was, um, I was stepping out of ministry as a job. This was um, March of, of 2020. I, um, I was going for a job in uh, our local police department down there in uh, near Orlando where we were living. And um, I was doing really well. Um, I knew the chief. He was helping me out a little bit. Um, he couldn't just give me the job, but he was helping me along, and, and he gave me lots of uh, advice and stuff. One of those, the very first thing he did is he looked at me up and down, and he goes, I would lose some weight uh, so that you can compete and, in the, uh, 
and the, um, what do you call it, obstacle course and stuff. And, and I'll tell you guys, I did. I dropped a lot of weight. I was running like crazy. Uh, I did a really good obstacle course. Um, my wife, what, I won't go there. Um, and, and I was doing really good and getting really far into this. And in March of 2020, I was like two more steps away from landing this um, sponsorship into a career with the police, um, with the police there. And what was it, March, I don't know, March 11th, maybe, somewhere around there, 2020, uh, I get a message from Sean, and he says, hey, Diane and I are in town, can we see you guys? I'm like, sweet, I haven't seen them in forever. So they um, come to our house, and we have dinner, and I begin to tell Sean everything that's going on, I tell him about the police stuff, and, and how I'm stepping out of ministry, and I'm going to be, you know, just being a normal person now, and, you know, all these things, and, and, uh, and he says, he looks at me, and he goes, what? Are you stupid? No, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, actually, but it was negative, for the first time in going after this police stuff, someone looked me in the face and said, why? Why are you giving up on ministry? Oh, well, you know, I mean, Sean, come on, man. I've been praying. Like, God's given this to me. This will be my ministry. And it is. No matter what job in life that you have, if it's where God has called you, that's what he has called you to. But God hadn't called me to be a police officer. God had called me to be in ministry and specifically called me to be in missions. And I knew that, but I was denying that at the time. But Sean looks at me, and for the very first time, someone says, Why? Why are you doing this? Don't do this. I mean, ministry people make great police officers, and police officers make great ministry people. But why are you doing this? If God has called you into ministry, why are you doing this? Well, about a week later, I didn't get the job. And I was like, what? I had this thing in the bag. Like, I had my academy picked out. It was the hardest one in all of Florida, and I was excited because I like hard things, and, and uh, I had it all figured out. But then I'm sitting there on the couch, and my wife comes in and is like, what in the world just happened? And she could tell that something was wrong. And, and I was like, I didn't get the job. And then, um, and then, of course, we went into lockdown and, you know, all that fun stuff of, of 2020. And, and God really just started working on my heart. And I kept hearing the words of Sean. Like, Don't give up on ministry. Don't give up on ministry. And God used him in a really big way for us to get where we are now, which is a little over a year into this missions ministry that we are part of. Um, but I don't always deny myself. Sometimes I want to do it my way. And I know that we are all like that at times. But God says, you want to follow me? Then deny your own way. It's my way. And I wasn't denying my way. I was doing my way. But God's like, yeah, <laughs> joke's on you. Yeah, you ain't doing it your way. Luke 9, 23. Let's look at this again. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So the second word that describes the lifestyle of a disciple that makes disciples is cross-bearer. Yes, that is one word. I looked it up. It just has the dash in between. Cross-bearer. 
But what in the world does that even mean? I mean, I've heard it said a lot from different people, um, you know, who have like chronic illness or, or whatever. You know, it's my cross and, and I must bear it, right? You, you've heard that. Or, or maybe me, I'm like really struggling with sciatica a lot right now and I never have in my life. And I'm telling you, it is worse than labor pains. Um, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> Actually, just now bending down hurt. Um, <laughs> But seriously, like my kids and my wife are all making fun of me and they'll get up out of a chair and they're like, and I'm like, stop it. You have no idea. But that's not taking up your cross, like dealing with that. That's not taking up your cross. Someone that has cancer, that's not taking up your cross. That's not your cross and, and you must bear it. Yeah, it's, it's life and it's something that you have to go through, unfortunately, but that's not taking up your cross because when Jesus took up the cross, it was not just, oh, hmm, well, this just kind of happened in my life. It's the cards I was dealt and I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to go die to it. Uh, no, taking up your cross is voluntary. It is a decision that you make to put to death your old self and follow Christ. But it's not just a one-time thing either. And that's why I know that this verse is talking about the lifestyle of disciples that make disciples. The lifestyle of what a follower of Jesus should be. Because he says, daily. Daily. Luke was on to something. He understood that following Jesus is a daily call to die to myself and follow the one that gives me eternal life. There's a lot of people I could think of and name when I think about people that exemplify this. And there has been a lot of men of God and women of God getting called home recently. Sorry, just a second. <laughs> um, I'm sure others have <laughs> lost friends and um, people that people that God used in your life. And uh, uh, there's one guy I just want to tell you about. <clears throat> I, I didn't actually get to meet this guy. Um, he passed in, in July. Um, his name, uh, I'll just tell you his first name, just, um, but do, uh, he's Southeast Asia is where he is. And um, uh, he, he was our organization's uh, very first partner in ministry, a guy that spent years teaching men and women to deny themselves, to reach people for Christ, and all over the world are people that have experienced restoration and redemption through Christ because of this man's obedience to God. 
And I'm sure that there was a party in heaven when he got there. I know his son. I've worked with his son a little bit on some projects for, for this ministry that we are a part of. And he, again, is another guy that just takes up his cross. I knew I was done in today during the worship. <laughs> God is just good. But this guy was a cross bear. Hundreds all over. He ran seminaries, trained, trained young men and women too to go after Christ and to teach others about Christ. Um, another, another example of, uh, of a, a group of people that, um, that are cross bearers, right, that uh, deny themselves. They, there's this ministry, uh, it's called, um, oh man, I wrote it down, I better, I don't want to mess it up. Uh, my mind is all over the place. Um, rescuing, rescuing Children of Sex Workers is what the name of this ministry is. Um, and I'm not going to give like crazy details or anything like that because we do like to protect the people that we are involved with. Um, and, and so I don't want to give like crazy details or anything, but I do want to share the story of one girl, um, that, uh, I just think that this story is really cool. Uh, we'll call her M, but, uh, this is a girl who, when she, um, she has known no life except for the life of living in the red light district, the life of, of brothel. It's the only life she's ever known. She's not in slavery herself, but her grandmother and her mother both um, have, had been in this life their, their whole life. They had been enslaved to this their whole life. And um, the mom did not want this life for her little girl. She knew she was stuck, but she did not want this life for her little girl. So she called up these people that we're involved with this organization and our partners and and was like can you come get her can you provide a better life for her man they were they were excited and they immediately went and they went to get her and and when they got there and they were going to take M um the madam of the house stepped in and and she uh told them no that she was about to begin grooming her uh, for for the work in the red light district and um and so there was nothing else they could do. They couldn't just grab her and take her. Um, and and uh, so they left. And they left devastated. But they began to, to pray and ask God to intervene. And he did. They got a message a little bit later from the mom. And it said, come get her now. So the mom had put her, hidden her in a, a safe place. And they went and got her. And they rescued her from that life. And they teach her Jesus. And um, this little girl is provided with an opportunity now. But there are story after story after story of that because these are some, some people that we are involved with. But um, it's just really cool to see these types of things going on all around the world where people are denying themselves and taking up their cross daily and doing work for Christ, making disciples of Jesus, making disciples of Jesus but at the end of the day, guys, it's all about Christ. It's all about following him. And so what does it look like? What does it, what does it look like to be a denier of self and a cross bearer all the while following Jesus? Well, believe it or not, there's a mandate for this infection. There's a mandate. We love mandates, don't we? 
We love them. And I'm not talking about the kind where a couple guys go and you know, shoot some hoops or something. Those are good mandates. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is the mandate. Sean shared this last week. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is our mandate, to go to all nations, to go to our backyard, to go to our city, to go to all nations, local, global, and make disciples. Are you living this out? Because this is what it looks like to be a denier of yourself, to be a cross bearer and follow Jesus on a daily basis. This is what it looks like. And I want to give you some examples of like everyday ways that you can do this. First of all, live differently from the world. That's a great start. Now, the only way that you're truly going to accomplish that is to water the root and not the fruit, because the only way that fruit grows is if you water the root where it grows from, not the, not the fruit. It's not going to do anything that way. The root is Jesus. You water that. You learn from him. You pour into that, and then you will see fruit. The only way you're going to live different from the world is to know what Jesus says and how to live different from the world. But live differently from the world, okay? But the, now these next ones are more, a little more practical. Disciple your family. That's where it starts. Men, be an example. It's easy as, as a man to get caught in a rut and, and just kind of go through life and, and not do things with your family that point them to Jesus. Make sure, moms, dads, husbands, and wives, that you are living out the Great Commission with each other, that you are teaching each other what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Start with your family. Next thing you can do, pray, right? We're in church. This is obvious. <laughs> pray, but pray for your pastor. Pray for your coworker that you work with that needs Jesus. Pray for that family member that needs Jesus. There's a lot of power in prayer. We're not doing a prayer sermon today, but there's a lot of power in prayer. And let me, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to do this. Pray for an opportunity this week. Say, God, give me an opportunity to share you with someone and see what happens. But that is a dangerous prayer because it will happen. It will happen. I dare you. Do it. Pray. I double dog dare you. <laughs> but don't stick your tongue on a pole or anything like that. It's not even Christmas. Jump in here at church. Get involved. Find out what the dream team's about. Serve here. Jump in. Go to a small group. Go to a small group and learn what it means to live everyday life with Jesus. First of all, there's going to be good food, I'm sure. And secondly, you're going to love it. Do it. Even if you know no one in this room, do it. We recently had to find a local church because we moved to a new city. And it took us a few months. But when we found that church, you know what we did? We jumped in. We didn't, there, yeah, there were people that introduced themselves to us and got to know us a little bit. But we put ourselves out there. Because you need to do that. 
People are just weird. Go be weird with them. Go to a small group, and then when you're ready, start a small group. Oh, man, I just went there. Start a small group. When you're at the store, get to know the cashier. This is something I, I try to practice. I like to get to know random people. Um, there for a while, I had the, when we lived in Orlando, I had this video game store I was going to all the time. To spend money? No. To browse the same 80s, 90s, and early 2000 games that are always there. I have no idea why I did it, but I went and I got to know the guy that ran the store. And we had great conversations about, about God, about religion, about life, because I got to know him. You go to the grocery store, go to the same cashier every single time. Even if there's 10 people in the line and there's no one in that one over there, wait so you can say hi to that cashier and invite them to church or just have a conversation with them. You never know. Okay, but this is a very practical thing that you can do. Invite people to Kentucky Trail. Invite people to the gathering, to real life. Uh, I hear Barry say this every single week, and I think this is very important. Um, and... Uh, I have our church that we go to, and so I always catch these after the fact. I watch them online. But give to the thing that feeds you. Invest. Give to the thing that feeds you. And always remember this. It is not your pastor's job to go to your workplace and to go to your family reunion and share Jesus with people. That is your job. Here, he's training you how to do that. So go and do that. Uh, grab a few people, grab a few guys, grab some guys, go bowling, go shoot some pool, go, you know, shoot some, whatever, uh, eat, you know, whatever. Um, but do it. And then while you're doing it, don't talk about things that don't matter. Have real conversations about God and what he's doing in your life. That's how you make disciples as you go. That's a lifestyle of making disciples. And then understand that this mandate is mandatory. This is something that God tells us to live out as followers of him, okay? But that's all on a local level. Let me give you some global, global level, because he said to reach all nations, right? And in today's day and age, we have the opportunity to do this because of technology and just, you know, all the, the things that exist to allow us to be involved in what is going on all over the world. There's some really, really practical things that you can do. So on a global level, learn, learn. Learn about what is going on. But I will tell you, you'll be like me standing up here crying your head off because uh, you know too much and it hurts your heart. Um, but it hurts your heart for a good reason. Um, but learn about what is going on around the world and be informed. Because when you do that, then you can, I'm back to this again, pray. Then you can pray for them. You can pray for them in specific ways. Um, and opportunities for you to be involved. Um, give. Give with your finances. And you're probably thinking, oh, hey, our missionary's here and he's telling us to give. <laughs> when a missionary is not asking for people to be involved anymore, that's a bad thing. That means they've lost their vision for what God is doing. Because it's not about me. It's about the Lord and opportunities. But give, give through here. I know, I know real life's working on some ways to open that up. Um, give through us as a family and what we're involved in. Um, if you are someone that wants to be involved in ministries that have agricultural projects, hey, we, we, we have those. Uh, camps, maybe camps is your thing. 
Hey, we, we have those two. Children's ministry, women's crisis centers, um, theological training, human trafficking ministries, rescuing, um, uh, medical ministry, sports, refugee care, uh, food. All of these things that we have going on are all surrounded by local church and the gospel. But if that's your heart and you're like, I want to get involved with that, let's chat. Let's have a conversation. We're still praying for who God has to be part of our monthly giving team so that we can do this on a full-time level. And there's a lot more I could share with you about that. In fact, I'll tell you this. I'm going to be at Hawaiian Bros at lunch today. Yeah. Do you, okay. oh, you're a fantastic fellow. Um, Hawaiian Bros, last time we were in town, we were here for four days, and we ate there three times. Uh, we do not have Hawaiian Bros. But I'm serious. I'm going to be there at lunch after second service. Come and and get to know me, ask me questions. Maybe God's working on your heart to be more involved in these things. This is a way to reach the nations through partnership. Go. Go take a trip. I know that that looks really weird right now, and I'm not even doing that, and I'm on a, and I'm, a missionary. I'm not even doing that right now. We will be again soon, but I know that there'll be opportunities through real life. There'll be opportunities through us, but go and take a trip. Just remember, God mandated that we reach all nations, and you don't do this on your own. This is all through partnership. It's all through teamwork and doing it together because none of us can go and, and do it on our own. So I've presented some things to you today. Now it's decision time. What are you going to do with this information you got? You're just going to file it away? You can go, all right, Lord, I can tell you are working on my heart. Help me to know what to do. It's decision time. I love the chiefs. I do not worship the chiefs. But I love and always have as a kid growing up um, in the 90s. The first quarterback I really remember is Joe Montana. But all through those years, I love the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are, well, they were, maybe they are. We're still trying to figure that out. A very good team. And the reason that they were good is they have a great head coach, And then they have a great team that goes out and executes the game plan that the coach sets forth. Or at least that's what's supposed to happen. I know lately it's been like, whatever. Uh, That'll change tonight. Tonight. When I looked at the schedule, I was like, yes, there's not a noon game, which means people might actually be at church. (laughs) But I love the Chiefs. I love these weird analogies. And, and... The thing that you need to understand this morning is that Sunday, for followers of Jesus, Sunday is not the game, okay? Sunday is not the game. Sunday is the practice. Sunday is the meeting where the coach tells you about the game plan, right? Sean would be your coach. I don't know what I am, (laughs) Or maybe, maybe, maybe God's the coach, or maybe God's the owner. I don't know. I didn't think this out well enough, I guess. Um, but this is where the game plan comes together. And you, as the team, can either get behind what the game plan is, which comes from God's word, 
and say, yes, yes, I will. I will go out and execute the game plan that has been set forth. Sunday is not the game. Sunday is the preparation. So will you say yes to the game plan? Will you go out and execute the game plan? We're going to do this a little bit differently. I told you I was a little bit biased towards um, towards worship. Right? I love worship through song. And I have this song that I want to share with you guys this morning. And it's called Yes, I Will. And the song is just a declaration to God that, all right, Lord, you, you said it. I'm going to follow it. I, uh, I want to do your will. When I'm up on the mountaintop and doing really well and things are going great, yes, I will. When I'm down in the valley and things are garbage, yes, I will. I've experienced a lot of those lately. A lot. Up high, down low, up high, down low. Welcome to life. Welcome to being a follower of Jesus. But this morning, I I want to challenge you guys. As we sing this song here in just a second, I want to challenge you to sing it out and just declare it to the Lord this morning. Or or to just sit there in your chair and cry out to him. Sometimes I'm up dancing around. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just down on my knees. But you're going to have an opportunity this morning while we sing this song. I want you to tell God yes. Now that's up to you. That's up to you. But I want you, and you will not regret it, to be involved in what he's doing globally and to be involved in what he's doing locally. You will not regret it. We are on the winning team. And when you realize that the game is actually fixed because we serve the author of the game, (laughs) you're going to want to be a part of it. You're going to want to be a part of it. So we're going to sing this song. There we go. This song is one that I have just come to love because it's something I've, I've had to do in my life when things aren't, aren't easy. And you know what, God? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. We're going to sing this. You stand with me. It starts with this. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. Let's sing this. Fails will not fail me now. You won't 
Life is about Christ. It is not about your way. It is not about my way. It's not about Sean's way when he gets up here. It is about God's way and his word. And that is all that matters. And we are to live that out. But maybe, maybe you are here today and you're thinking, who is this wacko up there? What in the world is he talking about? Or maybe you do know a little bit of what I'm talking about, but you haven't started denying yourself and taking up your cross. You haven't turned to Jesus and turned away from your sins. You haven't confessed them to him and received him as your savior yet. Romans 3.23 says, we have all sinned. We've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. What do we do with that? That's terrible news. But then Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended his love towards us. Now, while we were still sinners, he didn't wait for us to figure it out. While we were still sinners, he bared his cross. He took up the cross. He died for us and took that punishment for us. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death gift of God is eternal life. You give up your life for him so that you can save your life. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the grave, then you will be saved. So this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus and join this incredible team where the game is fixed and we are going to win. something like this. Just, re- just repeat after me. If, you, if God is working on your heart and you want to receive him, you want to get saved this morning, pray something like this. Lord, I am a sinner. I live life my way. Lord, I, I understand now that I can never be good enough to receive eternal life on my own. Lord, please forgive me for the sins in my life. Lord, I trust in you as my Lord and Savior and what you did on the cross by dying for me. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you're on the team. You're on the team. Those of us that are followers of Jesus, listen, We had the practice. We had the game plan. Get in the game. Don't go sit on the bench. Don't demand a trade. (laughs) 
get in the game. We're going to sing this. We're going to finish this song out. Just lift it up and declare it to him this morning because he is worthy. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. That's right, real life. Man, can we get for everybody that joined on the team today, made that decision for Jesus? Man, that's so exciting. Hey, you guys can be seated real quick as we finish up here. If that's you today, whether you're online or you're with us in person, and you jumped on the team and you made that decision for Jesus, I want you guys to know this is the most important thing that you've ever could have done in your life. It's not the end of something. It's the beginning of the rest of your eternity. And we want to walk that journey with you here at Real Life. So the got a couple great next steps for you. So. Uh, first thing you can do is let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. And what we'll do is we'll have a tech connection team member reach out to you over the phone. Their whole job is to make you feel at home here in real life, just love on you, help you in any way that we can, answer whatever questions you might have, and again, just be there for you in any way that we possibly can do that. If you're with us in person, another great step is on your way out, grab a red bag at the back of the worship center. Inside there's a Bible, there's a link to some other great resources. Just another awesome way to get started off on the right foot, man. We are so excited for you guys. I love what Johnny talked about being on the team and participating. I don't know about you guys, were you guys ever the last one kicked for dodgeball or, or, or kickball or whatever? You know, the bad thing, the sad thing is, sometimes we're looking for a team. We don't feel like we got picked. This team's open and what we have as a team here at Real Life, it's called the Dream Team. We want you guys to be part of it. Every person that comes through these doors has a spot on the Dream Team. And the best way to get involved and go from a spectator to a, you know, somebody that participates and somebody's on the team is come hang out with us at a crash course next week at Pastor Sean and Diane's house. From 2 to 4.30, man, you will get to know what God has for you. You'll find, you'll know God, you'll find freedom. You'll discover purpose and then you find out you can make a difference right where you're at. Disciples making disciples, that's what Johnny was talking about. That's what God's called you to do. Come hang out with us at Crash Horse. Get signed up today at reallifechurchkc.com. The other thing you do is, Johnny talked about uh, generosity and we do talk about that here a lot. 
And again, I say this all the time, a lot of churches do it wrong. And we never, ever, ever will put you guys under shame and guilt for not giving or giving whatever amount. Man, we just want you to be generous because we know that God will build something in your life because you've invested in something. I know the things that I give my money to and my time to and my resources to are the things that I care about. They're the things that I believe in. And they're the things that will change the next generation and change my community. So it's not about having to do something, it's about getting to do something. And you guys' generosity and faith-filled giving has made a difference in, 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 in uh, Belton and Raymore over the last four years. And God's continued to call to us to do that. You know, God gives Pastor Sean a vision, and he gives that to us, but we get to set the pace. And so God has called us to be faithful. And so, man, I'm just excited for you guys. Again, it's not about a dollar amount. It's just about being faithful for what God's given us and us giving back a little bit. And so at Real Life, you can do that in three different ways. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can click that giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use cash or check, you can drop that in the giving box at the back of the worship center. Hey, take a quick sec. Check out this video. Life Groups makes church more than a Sunday thing. Don't just hear it from me. Hear it from a couple of our Life Group leaders. What's up, Real Life? This is Drew. And Holly. And we just want to talk to you about our Life Group. It's called Talk It Over. And we meet on Tuesday nights. And it's just so much fun. We are huge on connection, uh, huge on coffee and food and other treats. And our kind of our main focus, I think it kind of ties it together, is we go through the talk it over questions found in the U version notes from whatever the gathering message was that previous Sunday. So every week it could be a little bit different, or if we're going through a new message series like the one we're currently in right now, uh, it's gonna be pretty sweet each week. So what do you think? I love how we just have such an eclectic group of people. We've got some new folks, we've got some folks that have been around for a while, but it's so awesome to see how God can knit us together. We grow together, grow deeper together, and uh, what better way to do life than together? Yeah, and you know what, guys? You can't go wrong with any of our life groups, but feel free to come check us out on Tuesdays and talk it over. All the groups are great. Ours is... uh, It's top of the line. Yeah, it's probably in the top 15 or so life groups, so come check us out. We'd love to see you. Hey, I'm Barry. I run uh, a life group called Freedom Group with my wife, Christy. Freedom Group is just a really cool group that just takes somebody from the idea of the point of salvation into an abundant life. So Freedom Group is about living out the the, the purpose and passion that, that Jesus gives us. We bring so much baggage in from our lives before Christ, or even sometimes we've been at churches where our baggage has been thrown on us. And man, God wants more for us than that. You know, it's, you know Christianity is it's about a relationship. It's not about all these rules and regulations. So it's really cool to come to Freedom Group because you get to see what God really wants for you. The other thing that you you find out is is that so many people they come into the group with these expectations that that they're the only one that's, uh, that have ever experienced this, whether it's an addiction or whether it's a broken relationship or whether it's this identity of not being enough. You get to be in a small group and you get to spend some time with some other people. And what I've noticed after three times of going through this is that you see this light come on on people's in, in their eyes and they hear somebody else's story and they say, huh, you too? So I thought I was the only one. So you get to really dive deep into where you've been in your life and you just have a camaraderie uh, of other people that you get to spend time with over over 10 weeks. And the really cool thing is all our life groups are awesome, but you go so deep in this one and you open up and you're so vulnerable 
that people that you start off with as strangers, they become friends and ultimately they become families. And I've seen so many relationships form through this group. It's just an awesome opportunity to just get involved. And it's a great first step for a life group if you have never had a chance. We'd love to see you come out. We have room for you. Love to see you at Freedom Group. Be sure and sign up for a group at reallifechurchkc.com. Heart and Soul Night is coming up and it's a night of worship, inspiration, and celebration. We want to help you win and encourage you who serve on our dream team with our semi-annual Heart and Soul Night. So RSVP right now on our website for Sunday, October 24th at 5 p.m. That's it for this week, and I can't wait to see you and a friend next week right here at Real Life Church. Bye. See ya. Bye, Jared. Hey, what an awesome day. Okay, I hope you guys are making plans to come out to Heart and Soul Hangout. Hey, can we get up for Johnny one more time? That's right. Awesome word, awesome word. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.